If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. And our continuation of a message I started last week about accepting our exception. And you'll understand where I'm going with this. I did a study on the very word, accept. So in your Bibles, Psalm 127, if you don't have a Bible, there is a Bible in the pew in front of you. You're welcome to use those. Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. Thinking about this idea of exceptions. And the Bible gives us here in Psalm 127, 1, if you found your place, would you follow along with me as I read? It says, Except the Lord build the house, They labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. David freely acknowledged here in this passage of scripture that the building of the temple would be God's work. Any attempt on his part to insert his own ideas on the building of the first temple, which would be built under the leadership of Solomon. Now, it's God's temple. It's not Solomon's temple. We understand when you say Solomon's temple, it's God's temple. But really, if we we are to be accurate, it's the temple that Solomon oversaw, but it's God's temple, right? Uh, And uh, the building of God's work is always the work of God. We are his co-workers together with him. It is his work to attempt the work of God without his strength, without his blessings, and his power uh, is an exercise in futility, meaning there's no, it's emptiness. We try to build our lives upon our own thinking, our own desires, our own feelings and emotions, our own philosophy of life, only to find out we come to a place and you're like, why am I in such desperation? I have nowhere to go. I don't know what to do. And this is the the place we come to. Now we're dealing with, as we are discussing our, our, uh, our theme for the year 2024 is fortifying our foundations. We've mentioned that the very foundation is faith, but then we have to come and we have to understand, I've got to get from God the blueprints on how to build my life personally, how to build a home if, I, if you're married with kids, how to build your home, how to build a church, how, if you're in a workplace, how to be a good employee. God's given us the blueprints that are necessary to be successful. In like fashion, the the psalmist describes a watchman in the night looking out over the city without God's providential help. His help, his work is in vain. God's blessing on his people as their one great necessity and privilege is here spoken of. We are here taught that the builders of houses and cities, systems and fortunes, empires and churches all labor in vain without the Lord. But under the divine favor, they enjoy perfect rest. Sons who are in the Hebrew called builders are set forth, I'm reading an illustration here for you, are set forth as building up families under the same divine blessing to the great honor and happiness of their parents. It is the builder's psalm. Every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And, you know, and except the Lord build the house. We can try to do things our own way in an unbribable justice, and, and there will be, if you live out your life, there will be justice, there will be an execution of a repayment for the wrongs we've done. Now, we want the mercy of God. We want to be let off, and He does do that. 
But we've got to set God's plans as the blueprint for how to build our lives because if I build it upon my own philosophy, my own thinking, or I build it upon a man's thinking and not God's thinking, he could be a preacher or, you know, whatever, an individual that's saying, this is how you build your life. But if it doesn't agree with God's word, it's not an authentic blueprint. When Diana Valencia was arrested in Texas on drug charges in September 2008, there was little doubt regarding her guilt. Anyone caught with two kilos of cocaine is going to have difficulty explaining that away as an innocent mistake. However, she came up with a novel attempt at getting off. She and her sister decided to bribe the judge who would be hearing her case to make sure she got off. The plan might have worked since the judge was willing to take the money, except, except, the FBI got involved, or as you would have here, the CSI. Agents had been suspicious of Judge Manuel Barraza, and they cut a deal with Valencia's sister to record her meetings with the judge. She taped a total of five conversations with the judge in which they agreed on the price for getting her sister off. Barraza was arrested and convicted and lost his judicial position because of his attempts to circumvent justice for profit. Many people think they can enjoy sin and then find some means of avoiding the consequences. As one preacher said, they sow wild oats and then pray, to, and pray for crop failure. You do a whole bunch of bad, if you sow a whole bunch of bad seed, you're going to get a bad crop. Right? If I'm, if I'm out there in a field and I'm wanting corn, but because I'm, you know, I'm in a bad state of mind, I'm sowing dandelions, you're going to get a whole lot of dandelions and not corn. We think we can do bad and not face bad consequences. And so in this, God is a, you know, no matter what devices we come up with, God is a sure and certain judge. We cannot bargain with or bribe him. His hatred of sin parallels his perfect holiness. He does not turn away from sin. We're looking at holiness actually on Sunday nights because holiness is the very thing that false prophets and false teachers steer clear of because false prophets and false preachers and these things today, uh, they're not trying to steer us to be holy like God's holy. They want us to say, well, you can live however you want as a Christian. It's okay, and God accepts it. God, God has given us a blueprint of what is right and what is wrong. If we mess up, he says, I want you to fess up, right? I want you to ask me to confess. Confess your sins, right? That's what God's called us to do. And in his mercy, many times you find in the scriptures, if I'm genuinely confessing of my sins, then God says, I will withhold the judgment I thought to do upon you. You'll see that over and over and over again in the Old Testament. Israel, I mean, they just blew it over and over and over again. But what we have to understand is that our lives, if we don't accept the exception, accept the Lord, build the house, everything we are doing in our life has no eternal significance. If you don't accept the exception of accept the Lord, you are laying a foundation that is moving. It's not solid. You cannot just recognize an exception. Otherwise, you will add to your delusion and find yourself in destruction. The phrase accept the, accept the Lord demands a submission of your will to his instructions and his leadership. We must submit to God's authority in our life and the authority over us. Otherwise, we reap the ruin of rebellion. Every home, 
church and personalized, must determine who is the authority that God has placed. As they submit, the fruit of their submission will prove the authority to whom they yield. And I'm going to go forward from here into the home and relationships and those sorts of things. Because, But it's all building up. It starts with faith. And then we come to the blueprint of accept the Lord. I've got to understand in my mind who is the general contractor in charge of the project. The project of my life, the project of my home, the project of the church. I've got to understand who is the authority in life. If we don't accept this, then you are the authority and you are going according to your own blueprints and those blueprints are constantly changing. And you're not going to build what you thought you were going to build. Have you ever tried to build a project only to have those plans continually changing on that? It's frustrating. It's just like, are you kidding me? It'd be like a teacher in school telling you, well, here's what I want you to do on the project. The next day, I didn't say that. I want you to do this. And you're like, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you, you said this. I just spent all night, or I just spent a long time doing this, and now you're changing on me? What in the world? It's, you know, and, but God's given us a solid, proven, authentic, genuine, a, a vi- I mean, this is a plan that works. What you must do is accept the exception. Lay down your will to Christ for the exclusive path of reward and blessing. And I'll explain what that means in the idea here. Let's go before the Lord and ask for his help during this time. And I trust that as we sang those songs and your will wherever you're at this morning, rather than holding on to your life, you say, God, as your spirit leads me and convicts me and the word of God speaks to my spirit, I am willing to obey however you speak to me. As we go to the prayer time, would you come with those sentiments of heart? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for your grace. And Father, I just ask this morning as the word of God is preached, our Lord, I pray that you would help me to clearly articulate the truths herein. Father, we need to understand that you are the wise master builder. You're the architect the engineer, the contractor. And we must simply follow the plans you've given for our lives. Father, I love you, and I thank you for your grace. I thank you for each and every person that came out this morning, precious in your sight, loved by you. And Father, I pray if there's anyone here watching that is not sure of their salvation, where they're going to spend eternity, that this morning they would settle if they know Jesus as their Savior. Our Father, I yield this morning to Thee. I thank You for being our loving and caring Savior. I need Your help, and so God, I commit all that I am to You. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. The determination of our, the exception, and just what I did last week, look with me at Matthew chapter 7. This is just a quick review of where I left off from last week. But you have to determine what is going to be your foundation. If you haven't determined this for your life, my friend, you're in a lot of trouble. You might say, I'm not in a lot of trouble. Things are going well for me. Okay, well, it's only a matter of time before you realize that you're in a lot of trouble. You're, in a, you're going the wrong direction. 
In Matthew chapter 7, the Bible tells us in verse 24, there's a famous song uh, for children, if you've been in Sunday school at all as a young child. Uh, the wise man built his house upon the rock, and the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling down, the rains came down and the floods came up, and eventually, you know, the, the foolish man's house went splat. <laughs> I abbreviated quite a bit, but anyways... In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, the Bible tells us, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, look with me, notice with me, hear and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, you can hear, but just because you hear or read, it, it's in vain, except the Lord build the house, you labor in vain. You can hear all day long in services. You can hear the preacher. You can read the Bible. You can get invested in these things. But if you don't apply them, they're no good to you. When you're oftentimes in a new job, they're going to give you instruction in how to complete the job. There is a, a, a classroom instruction and maybe a theory time. Uh, and then there is a on-the-job training. How do you do the work? You know, I remember when I worked in uh, some engineering and stuff, there were certain things that I did. I mean, I had to learn some of the fundamentals of electricity before I would do some of the things that I was dealing with. You get the theory... And then you have to apply it. Don't get shocked. Right? That's a bad day. Right? It's a bad day. <laughs> but the, you must, without reservations or any attachments to self, God's called us. He says, I want you to follow my wisdom. Through wisdom, Proverbs 24, 3, is in house builded, and by understanding, it is established. If you don't understand the blueprints, you're in trouble. If you're going to build your own house... I know it's not very likely around here in building your own house, I guess, unless it were to burn down or something. But you're not going to build your house. But if you were, and you got these engineered drawings or architectural drawings to build your house, and you and you're said, I'm going to do the work, and you don't know how to read the blueprints, you're in trouble. How high is the ceiling? Well, this wall is going to be 10 feet tall, and this wall is going to be 8 feet tall, and I wasn't planning a pitched roof, but I guess it's going to be pitched. Oh, well, well, we'll just make this. And you don't have the right structural support, and you have a lot of problems. So what we come to in this whole idea of accept the Lord is ultimately the authority of God. I'd like you to look with me at Acts chapter 17. This is where we pick up uh, from last week. This idea of the statement, accept the Lord, it demands that there is an authority who is in charge. And that authority, my friend, is not you or I. Now, <clears throat> am I asking, you might be saying, uh, is the pastor asking me to just follow, you know, uh, follow him or someone else? No, I'm not asking you to follow me. I don't know the plans for your life. God does. So as you spend time in this book and hearing the Word of God preached, God's going to speak to your heart. The Spirit of God is going to give you guidance. He's going to give you conviction. Hey, you shouldn't be doing this. 
Oh, okay, Lord, will you forgive me? And as you get the conviction, you say, whoa, I didn't realize that was wrong. I am so sorry. I'm willing to do right. You know what? You're saying, listen, I'm, the blueprint is starting to be built the wrong way. God comes along as a loving contractor, a loving, uh, you know, like a co-worker in a job. You wouldn't necessarily call your co-workers on a construction site loving, but, you know, at least they're going to be, care- let's say, caring, okay? And uh, they come along and they say, hey, that's not what the blueprint says. Oh, oh my. I remember one time I was installing some plumbing. When I was uh, in engineering school, I would, on the side on the weekends, I was doing some plumbing. And I just had to drill some holes. And I'm here with my big old like roto drill or whatever. And I'm pushing through this big, kind of like these lamb beams here. And I'm pushing through it. <laughs> and I think my hole was a little crooked, you know. And uh, I've got to put steel pipe through it. It doesn't work really well if you have a crooked hole and uh, you're trying to put a pipe through it and bend it to get through. You know, I wasn't very straight on my hole. I didn't realize. I'm just thinking, you know, get through. It doesn't really matter. Well, it matters if you have a straight steel pipe uh, for conduit and you can't get it through. I mean, you can get it through, but you can't get it to the next hole. I got a real problem there. I had to be corrected, and we had to do a little bit, and they're, you know, kind of worried about the integrity of that beam, but anyways, uh, we, and we dealt with, because we were installing, actually, uh, fire sprinkler systems for this particular job, but in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, we come to the instruction that God had, as the offspring of God, were created in his image, as created in God's image, he says, I have a blueprint, except the Lord. Right? That idea. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. As we had on Thursday night here this past week during our Bible study, I said, listen here. I said, if you hold your breath, every breath you have is a gift of God. You are one breath away from going into eternity. If if God holds every breath that I have, What makes you think that God doesn't have a perfect plan to help me to be and help you to be all that he made you to be? You have unbelievable purpose, value. You have a mission in life that God wants you to do. But unfortunately, as Isaiah 53, 6 tells us, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's because we've gone our own way that Jesus had to come to the cross. Do you realize this? In Genesis chapter 31, Jacob, you have uh, uh, Abraham and Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob and Esau, and then Jacob ran from his brother, whom he had stolen his birthright, the blessings of his dad as the oldest child. He ran to his uncle Laban. He ends up marrying, uh, I guess, his cousin. Anyways, and uh, ends up marrying Leah and Rachel. Well, some years later, after having served for 20 years with his uncle Laban, he comes to a realization, Genesis 31, except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely thou hadst sent me away now empty. Laban was a very, uh, I mean, he was a Scrooge. He wanted all the money, he would have taken all the livestock. I mean, he even when, he, when Jacob left with his family uh, and, and Laban pursued him, he's like, you've taken my daughters and grandchildren. And Jacob's like, um, they're my wives and my kids. 
But Jacob here, he says, except the God of my father had been with me, I would have left with nothing. He says, listen, God's given me the blessings that I have, the clothes on my back, the wealth that I have. We must recognize an omnipotent, omnipotent, omni, all, potent power, all the power of God to control our lives. Now, we can go a different direction than God is desiring because God's not going to force you to do anything. Now, there's some unsavory consequences that happen. But in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible tells us, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been in Sodom and we should have been likened to Gomorrah. Judah, by God's mercy alone, was, was not consumed. Realize this, your very existence in life continues because the Lord protects and keeps you. The exception in your life is the authority of God. Do you realize Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And King Nebuchadnezzar says, whenever the music plays, I want you to bow down and give worship to the image I tell you to worship. They said, King, we can't do that. The music played, they stayed, they didn't bow down. They were thrown into a fire, the fires of this furnace were heated seven times hotter. In fact, the guards who threw them in were killed because of the heat was so intense. They look in there, they see that, they said the form of the fourth is the Son of God. Daniel chapter 3. And then, after they pulled them out, they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then he, and, and, and then he goes on to say in Daniel 3.28 that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. In this except the Lord, there can be no substitute. There can be no addition to the blueprint authority. It is except the Lord. It's singular. It's only God. So in your submission to the God of the Bible, you may be tortured by the God of this world. Jesus in the garden would say, Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. He was prepared to accept the conditions that God had for his life. Now Jesus is God, but God the Father. The accept the Lord demands that your will is laid on the altar of self. And I'm done with my God, I'm tired of trying to lead my life my own way. Father, I'm tired of trying to fix problems. Maybe you're in a mess now. And you're saying, I don't know why I'm here. I've prayed and God doesn't answer. I want to ask you one question. Have you resigned your will or have you come to God and said, God, I am willing to do whatever you call me to do. In the church of Ephesus, look with me at Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. This is such an important principle. I've got to understand authority. I've got to understand blueprints are here. And God's not there to make your life miserable. You said, well, my life's miserable and I prayed and God hasn't helped. It's not because God has done it. There's things in your life, things from the past that maybe you've never let go of, and you're still holding on, and you're not willing to release it 
under the authority of God and the authorities that God's placed in your life. And as a result, you find yourself in the predicament that you're in. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And this is the church of Ephesus, the first of the seven churches that the Lord Jesus Christ would speak to. That candlestick there is of the Holy Spirit's presence among this church. He says, I will remove God's power and presence from you. Yeah, you can still be meeting, but I won't, you won't have my presence amongst you unless you repent. Repentance is a change of mind, an agreement with God that my actions are wrong, that what he's saying is true, and I'm willing to go the direction he wants. Except the Lord. I'm going I'm to accept that blueprint. When you think about the statement, accept the Lord, you are completely and fully accepting of how the Lord builds, who he gets to help build, who he gets to supervise his work, the material he gets to build the work, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it pleased him. God sets in the church who he wants to be there. You also accept the time it takes the Lord to build the house. Lord, why is it not building faster? God, why is my life not going faster? You accept the time. You accept the training of others to help you to build. You you accept the amount of funds to build your life and your home and the church. You You accept the date to start and the date to end the build when your life is over. I mean, you give your complete and full confidence in the Lord that He will build and He will perfectly build. You give your absolute commitment of time And of your heart that he is the general contractor whom you are submitted to without reservations. It's not, Lord, I'll follow you, but, or if. It's without reservations. God's also called us and accept the Lord build. He's he's not unfortunately, but he's also given us the exception of, of, of an authority of government. You have the authority of God. You have an authority of government. And Joseph there, he demanded that his brother Benjamin come to Egypt. He says, I'm not going to give you any more food. I'm not going to release Simeon until you bring Benjamin. You can read about it in Genesis chapter 42 and 43. In fact, you even find another position in Esther chapter 4. Esther faced the death of Ahasuerus. And so Ahasuerus is a king. And he has an evil man, Haman, who wants to kill all the Jews. Well, Mordecai, her her cousin, comes up to her and and says, Esther, you need to go to the king. She says, if I go to the king, he's going to kill me if I don't, if I go into his court, if I go into his, you know, his courtroom without being invited, except such to whom the king shall hold, hold out the golden scepter. If the king, if she comes into his hall where he is without being invited, and without the scepter being extended, she's a dead woman. Even though she's the queen, she's dead. I don't think I'd want that kind of relationship, by the way. That's a bad relationship. Anyways, but she faced an ominous and fearful task. She gave complete respect to the king. She resigned her will to die to save her people. And God blessed it and mightily saved the Jews. Jesus would tell Herod, Thou couldst have had no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. 
any government's power is bidding is at the bidding and will of God. God could stop our government from doing anything it desires, and it has withheld certain evil actions from going forward. And I think little by little, God's releasing some of these restrictions and allowing more evil to come into our government for us to realize that God's in control. We may not like where our government is. We may not like what our government's done, but understand this, it would be a lot worse if God did not have his restraining hand on it. God can restrain evil. Now, here is the problem. So often in people's lives, there is a resistance to the exception. I'd like you to look with me at several things here. John chapter 3, verse 2. Here's some of the ways that we find a resistance to accept the Lord. And uh, John chapter 3, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus by night. In John chapter 3, verse 2, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. So we find a little bit on Nicodemus's part, there's kind of a, I've kind of put this whole uh, analogy as a contractor, okay? So if I'm speaking of a contractor, I'm speaking of the contractor being God, okay? So that's kind of, the, I want to make it like a construction site type illustration. So when you're thinking of this, if I mention contractor, I'm talking about God, okay, in this particular instance. But in this, there's kind of a skepticism of the contractor's portfolio. Is he really as good as he says he is? Is he really? I mean, like, we think God's with him, but we don't really think he's God. You know, it's kind of baffling, confusing. And the problem is not the method of building, the problem in the life of so many is the authority over the build. Realize me, look with me at uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, another passage of scripture, where in this exceptions, they're trying to alter the contractor's instructions for personal gain. I mean, people are trying to take the words of God, the master's blueprints, hey, I, I'm going to make a Chinese knockoff of this, and I'm going to make a whole lot of money. In Matthew chapter 5. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Except your righteousness. He says, listen, you're trying to build your life upon a religious system of do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do this, do this. And you're trying to alter the blueprints for an imposter, a fake blueprint. The Bible tells us, look with me at 1 Corinthians 3. I'll have to hasten through some of these. It was, it was a very interesting study in doing, kind of studying these exceptions in the scriptures. Because it revealed a lot about our character. I didn't think, I was like, well, I'll just do a study and see what happens. And Oh my, it was so rich, so wonderful. I trust you've been blessed as you think about these truths. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, 
Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. When you try to build your life under your own philosophies, your own thinking, apart from what God has given to us as instructions, there's going to come trials, and those trials will show just how strong your foundation is, or how weak it is, or what it's built upon. When a trial comes in an individual's life and they are going and then they just have a lot of pressure from the outside and they begin to buckle, they begin to cave, they begin to distance themselves from the things of God, they're showing that the foundation is not God, the foundation is themselves. And then when those trials come, they realize internally they're not as strong as they thought they were to handle those trials. You've, messed, you've deviated from the blueprint. Another passage in John chapter 4, Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The problem is, for many, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and many, they did not accept the contractor's authority. They wanted to show off his abilities and receive the personal praise. When the problem is not with the authority, but a submission to the words of the authority, what does the blueprint say? When I'm talking about the blueprint, I'm talking about Scripture. There's always an excuse why we can't listen to that authority. There's always an excuse. Well, they've got flaws. They've got this. They've got this. I can't submit. There's always a reason. But it doesn't mean it's a valid reason. You say it's valid to me. But God says it's not valid. Because you're not willing to look at the blueprint that God set before you. John chapter 20, verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, except I see in his hands a print of the nails and put my finger to the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Thomas doubted. He, he did not believe that the contractor was literally with them. He didn't believe in the contractor's presence. That the very one who died on the cross rose again, I've got to see it. You know, and there's a problem with the recognition of authority. We don't look beyond our senses to accept that authority as he authoritatively asserts. We are many times our own standard of what is right and wrong. Well, that, I just feel it's this way. Or I, you know, it might be okay for you, but it's not right for me. At the end of, you know, someone might say, well, I believe this and I believe this in the Bible. It doesn't matter what we believe. It's what does God's word authoritatively state? If we go by what you think and you think and you think, we're going to end up in a whole lot of problems because then we are the authority and not the blueprint. It is this thinking of faithlessness and a lack of pursuit of God that renders the building process as a failure and vain pursuit. There were some in Acts chapter 15 that would say, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be uh, saved. They won't accept the contractor's solution. They accept the Lord, accept the Lord, build the house. He defines the materials for the build. Any materials man suggests will be severely insufficient. He sets the material list of a perfect man and God, Jesus Christ on that cross that paid it all. The, this is the problem in so many even professing believers. Except the Lord is one setting the material list, then the building constructed will not stand in the day of true storm. You've set your own material list for how to build your house. And it's grossly inadequate when the storms of life come. In Revelation chapter 2, as I talked about, except thou repent, there's a perpetual problem of building without clear direction from the 
Rebel, without, from the contractor. Ephesus had a lot of programs. It had a lot of things that they were doing for God, but not with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Would you turn with me here? Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, the Bible tells us, you, see, you've got to know whose crew you're on. Are you on the Lord's crew? Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Are you for sure that you are a child of God? This is why eternal security is so important. You've got to know you're God's child. You can't lose it. That's why, you know, in the, the idea of losing salvation is so abhorrent because he's not going to kick you out because if you can lose a salvation, then the salvation rests upon you being good enough to keep it. And I was never good enough to get it. How can I keep what I couldn't even get? In 2 Timothy 2, 5, And a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. We must follow the blueprint. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And what that falling away is what we're seeing today. So many people are saying, well, I don't really need God. I don't really need church. I've gone to church for a long time. I don't really need it. But many people will seek to build elsewhere, under their, in their own way, under their own authority, and they'll seek to use their own blueprints. Except there come a falling away first. So the man of sin, the Antichrist, the one world ruler, is going to come on the scene because a lot of people, the majority of the population is going to say, you know what, I, I can do my own blueprints. I'm pretty good. And then, in Numbers chapter 16, verse 3, would you look with me here? I'm trying to hasten through this, but... Numbers chapter 16, verse 13. Here is Israel mad at Moses. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land? This is number 16, verse 13. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether prince over us? The children of Israel are saying, Moses, you only brought us out in the wilderness so you could be the king over us. You wanted power. You wanted prestige. You brought us to the point of devastation and destruction. And you brought us into all this misery because you wanted to be the ruler over us. The problem here is they're not willing to accept the contractor's supervisors. You know what, many times when you're up against the wall, you're not saying accept the Lord, but you're rather saying curse the Lord. We'll jump to assumptions and conclusions that are inconsistent with the process of the Lord building the house. Whether we will attack the leader like Moses whom God has established... The Apostle Paul would say, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Be followers together of me, Philippians 3. You know, in a construction project, you're going to have the construction work. The workers are going to get frustrated with one another. 
may attack each other. Here's another point, a problem to accept the contractor's laborers. Then, then said these men, this is talking about Daniel, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of God. Daniel was told, don't pray. Only pray to the king. Well, the rebels will know that a believer is singularly focused on God. There's a problem with us being a Christian. In addition, another point, uh, uh, there's a problem to believe in the contractor's provision. Luke 9, 13, but he said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they said, we have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all this people. The disciples said, Jesus, the people are here. They're all hungry. There's thousands of them. They're hungry. We've got to go buy. And, and you know, they're not believing. Hey, Jesus, what do you want us to do? They didn't just ask him. They just said, we got to go buy. I mean, they're thinking, you know, Jesus, he takes the five loaves, two fishes, he spreads it out, and boom, he feeds everyone. Hallelujah, you know. That's a good way to stretch your budget. Anyways. <laughs> but in Psalm 50, verse 10, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. If God sets the blueprint, he knows all the material costs, do you not think he has all the costs of supply to make you what he wants you to be? He has all the money, all the resources to house you, to, 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 to lodge you, to give you the food and the provision and the comfort and encouragement and strength, the kick in the backside. He has all of that, all, all the provision, all the funding to get you to be what he wants you to be. He has everything. So there's a problem with a belief that the contractor's blueprints will need my own money. Yes, i got to work. Yes, I, he's got a blueprint for how to work and what to do and all of that. But we have a doubt of, of, of really not believing in his provision. And last of all, in these perpetual problems, there's a perpetual problem of criticism. Proverbs chapter 4, would you turn with me? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. There's a problem of perpetual criticism. Enter not into the path of the wicked, Proverbs 4, 14, and go not in the way of evil men, avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. You see, the truth is the path of the wicked builds, they construct, and they reap a path of many additional hours of labor. The process is overcomplicated. The true job of building never gets completed. The only time they rest is maybe they've drunk themselves into sleep. And the job of one under the influence of another, then the Lord will only yield complete failure. Except the Lord build the house, you labor in vain. You know what God's called us to do? Embrace the exception. You know, in Romans 10, 15, the people embrace the hiring of service, and how shall they preach except they be sent? Guess what? You've got to understand you're a worker underneath the contractor following his blueprints. You don't, you don't, you'll never fail if you do the blueprint. The Word of God is the blueprint. The Spirit of God leads you and guides you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And he said to them, go ye into all the world. And, you know, he says, go, 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 do, do. God's given us something to do, to give out the gospel. 
So there's, a, there's an exception of service. There's an exception of surrender. There's discipleship. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground. You've got to stop saying there's a problem with the blueprint. I accept the blueprint as it's written, and I'm willing to follow. I surrender my will. I surrender my thoughts. I'm willing to follow it because I know he's perfect, and he has the perfect blueprint. The only means of construction of the Christian life, the home life, a parental life, and church life is to lay down with no holds to a contingency plan. There is no contingency plan. It's through faith we understand the world's reformed. Number two, you must be in step with following the instructions of the Lord, otherwise you deviate from except the Lord. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. You get your instructions from the Lord. The blueprint tells you. But here's the truth. The joy of the exception is there's blessed fellowship. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 24. Would you turn with me here? I'm almost done. I'm on my last point. And there's not 50 under points under that, I promise. 1 Corinthians 12. If you accept A-C-C-E-P-T, right? You accept, accept the Lord, the E-X-C-E-P-T, you accept that, there can be joy. There can be a blessed fellowship with other believers. But if you are demanding your own way and demanding that I'm not following the supervisors, I'm not, I'm not you know, submitting one to another, I'm not, I promise you, you will be brought out of fellowship, you'll be brought out of the joy of the Lord, and you'll never build that house. Because the Lord's not building it. 1 Corinthians 12, 24. For our comely parts. You know, sometimes those, you might think, well, I just have a little hair here on my arm. I have a little wrinkle on my, you know, my elbow. You know, what part of my body would I want to have cut off? The only thing I part of my body I'd want cut off is maybe my hair. Okay? I want my hair cut. But that's about it. But our comely parts, or those things that we're thinking aren't that important, have no need, but God had tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. He's saying, listen, there can be blessed fellowship in a church when we're all together with a mind, hey, we all are doing the part that God's given us to do. The elbow is doing exactly what it was built to do. The knees, oh, they hurt a little bit more. Your back God knows the persons who are necessary. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are laborers together with God. You're part of God's construction crew if you're a Christian. God used the material of Paul and the apostles to lay the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the building of the church of Corinth was the members. They were God's buildings, just as the members of this church are God's building. We've got to stop saying, I'm going to do life this way. What does the contractor want me to do? What does the blueprint say? And last of all, you must accept God's materials for building. Can two walk together except they be agreed? It is true, the Lord will give us whom we need in the church. Sometimes you may look at material, look at it, thinking it's not going to work, but in the eyes of a wise master builder, 
this material is the exact product needed to bring the project to completion. God is building his church here in Thompson. He wants you to join up. You've got to decide whether you're willing to resign your will, allow the Lord Jesus to be the head and the authority of your life, to be the contractor. In conclusion, the determination of the exception is what foundation do you want? The start of the right exception is who do I want to build upon? The resistance to the exception is why I need to listen. The embrace of the exception is what is required to build, and the joy of the exception is what do I gain in listening? Unless you're willing to be under the authority of God, the authority that God ordained, there's going to be nothing, no building built. We've got to follow God's blueprint or else everything will fall apart. God works through an authority structure at home, in government, and in the church. This applies to husbands under Christ, wives under their husbands, 1 Corinthians 11.3, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is a man, and the head of Christ is God. This applies to children under their parents, Colossians 3.20, children, Obey your parents in all things. There is an authority structure. God sets the blueprint, and this is where we're going with this, and I'll talk more about this. Pastors are under Christ, Acts 20, 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God. I'm under Christ, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Citizens are under the government. Church members are under the pastor. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves. Hebrews 13, 17, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account that they may do with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable. So God has given uh, children under their parents, uh, the husbands are under the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, a husband that doesn't treat his wife well, he's going to get a licking from God, because he hasn't followed the blueprint. He's given it to wives, he's given it to children, he's given it to church members, he's given it to pastors, citizens under the government, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. If we don't accept the exception of accept the Lord, then our entire life will be other than godly and spiritual. And we'll be, as Judges 21, 25, last verse for this morning. Judges 21, 25. I'm telling you, it's important to look at the blueprint and see what God said. When God creates, it's always perfect and orderly and disciplined. Always. Man messes it up, but God gives us the instructions of how to fix it. In Judges 21, 25, the Bible tells us, in those days, Joshua, right? Genesis, Ex, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Judges 21, 25. I'll give you just a moment to get there. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And it didn't work out very well. Here's the principle this morning. May you let the Lord build the work in his way, using his materials and in his time frame. And may God build your life to be all that he wants it to be. But it's going to take, as we sang the last song before we came to the time of preaching, I surrender all. The choice is, do you believe that God's plans are actually perfect? Do you believe that God will put in your life who you need to follow, who you need to yoke up with? Do you believe that God actually cares? You can say yes up here. You can say biblically, yes, I believe it. But your foot never touches that pavement and never takes a step of faith. If it stays here, 
and never touches the pavement, you don't really believe it. You must accept the exception. Otherwise, you're building a bad foundation. You're building a work that will be in vain. And I trust as you think upon these truths this morning, if you're a Christian, you know Christ, and maybe there's some things going on in your life, and you said, I've been building according to my own blueprints. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. That's number one, if you know Christ. Number two, if you've never been saved, you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't even know what it's like to ask Jesus as my Savior. It's not about, well, I've got to get better and then God will accept me. No, none of us can ever be better. <laughs> We're all sinners. You just got to accept that I am a sinner. I am guilty before God. I do deserve his judgment and simply ask him, please forgive me of all my sins. I trust you as the only way. Forgive me and be my Savior and my friend. If you acknowledge your guiltiness and ask him to forgive you, you're forgiven. You can't pay for it. You can't reform your life. You can't reform it. But he'll transform it if you'll simply accept it by faith. If I could have Mrs. Pat come forward for me, please, for the time of invitation. What this time of invitation is, if you're new here this morning, and I appreciate you being here, this is a time to just with heads bowed and eyes closed, just to pray and talk with God. However, the Spirit of God, you, you said there's a feeling inside and I'm feeling things. Well, just pray and talk with God. I don't know how to pray. Just talk. Whatever's going on in your mind, just talk with God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, as the music plays, I trust that you would just talk with the Lord. You've got to follow the blueprint. If you deviate from the blueprint, then we end up going away and you'll end up wandering in the desert a whole lot longer. You know what? If you've deviated, there's always a path back. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse from all unrighteousness. There's always a way back. Get back to the blueprint and follow His leadership and watch what God will do with a yielded life. This morning as I was preaching, and uh, you'd be willing to say, Pastor, God was really working on my heart in a particular area. I don't know what it is. But Pastor, I'd like you to pray for me. With just, if you'd just slip up your hand real quick with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I'd be happy to pray for you. I won't call you out. I won't say your name, but I will pray for you. Is there anyone like that? You just throw your hand up real quick. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Just say, Pastor, I'd like you to pray for me this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, if I died, I think I'm going to heaven. I'm pretty sure I am. I'm a pretty good person, but I don't know for sure. I'd like to settle that decision. Would you pray for me? My prayer won't make you a believer, but I would pray that you'd settle that. Anyone like that this morning? Just throw your hand up real quick or I'd be happy to pray for you. As the music will come to a close here shortly, it's never too late to come to Jesus. God doesn't refuse anyone if you're willing to come. If you're out of the way and maybe you've deviated from the blueprint, hey, let's get back. Don't stay down. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the work you did in hearts and those who raised their hand. Father, I pray that you'd be with them and help and encourage them. And Father, I thank you for the conviction from your word. What a marvelous, wonderful Savior you are. We yield this day to thee. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for caring for us. Father, help us to be found faithful. I pray for the person that does not know you, that may be watching, that they'd accept Christ as their Savior. Stop de depending and trusting in their own good works, their own baptism or mass or anything else, but simply just trust Jesus. Thank you for this time to together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.